It's the top of the second inning and some heavy hitters are due up. On screen, it's time for our heroines to show their stuff at the tryouts on Wrigley Field. Off screen, Rachel and Tierney are talking to co-host of Star Wars Minute, Alex Robinson. After his charming movie analysis, we'll be whisked away to charm school, then wrap up with our introduction to one of the film's stars, Tom Hanks himself. But before all that, let's check in with how our co-hosts are feeling about the current state of baseball. Do you really want to know what's on my mind? Yes. Let's turn our attention to a happier time for baseball and join Dottie, Kit, and Marla as they step out onto the grass in Chicago. Welcome back to the second inning of A League of Their Own, one inning at a time. I feel like I've already said inning too many times. Uh, once again, I am Tierney Steele, and with me is Rachel Mummert. Hello. Rachel, are you excited that Tom Hanks is about to arrive? I am. Yay! And with us also today is Alex Robinson of the Star Wars Minute. Hello there. Star Wars Minute. (laughs) Star Wars Minute. Thanks for having me on the program. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I guess we could start with the scene that isn't here. Hmm. Interesting choice. Marla eats on the train like meta (laughs) yeah Rachel I know I mentioned this briefly at the end because basically there was a scene that happened between (laughs) the end of our first inning and the start of our second inning I did not know that when I split up the movie I swear (laughs) that's like where the mascots come out run around in between the innings god I wish (laughs) actually it's very close Rachel would you like to tell him what he missed starting this off with So basically, when we leave, when the train leaves the station, it cuts to a deleted scene where Dottie, Kit, Marla, and Ernie are on the train. And it's kind of just a comical because um, they're eating dinner and Marla's just kind of just sitting there shoveling it all in, like not even taking time for a breath. And I think it's... (laughs) It's funny to watch. Like I, that's one of those. It's like I kind of wish they would have kept it in. The glass goblets of milk. I that love she is the glass consuming goblets one of after milk. another. Or what really sold me on it? And chugging milk. Oh my gosh! I don't know if I would recommend chugging milk. <laughs> but I, I don't really like milk. milk. So oh, chocolate <laughs> milk. Yes. I, I I don't know. I feel a listener's poll coming on. I totally understand why this was cut, though. I mean, Penny Marshall has said there's absolutely nothing wrong with the scene. It's just we had a teary, heartfelt flag waving (laughs) in the sunset goodbye. And then to have a comical scene of someone being crass at dinner. And then the awe of Wrigley Field (laughs) and all its glory and the inspirational (laughs) musical cues. She's like, it just... Didn't work? Yeah, that wouldn't really fit. Yeah, I could see that. Although in the deleted scene, I do like his comment of when they pass a field of cows. (laughs) Hey, there's some cows. Do you want to eat one? (laughs) (laughs) Just his uh, his dry comedic timing is perfect. John Lovitz is a gift. And uh, and Alex, we've brought you on just in time to say goodbye to him. Oh, Oh, I'm glad at least I got a little taste. A little taste of Lovitz. (laughs) So are you a fan? fan of this movie uh what's what's your 
what's your experience with a league of their own um i don't know what the, i don't know what the definitions these are these days of fandom and everything so i don't want to i don't want to tread on some hardcore gotcha. uh owners what are they what do you people who love this movie what are they called league heads um, peaches. Peaches. <laughs> so I saw this when it first came out in the movie theater, and I thought it was, I remember it being perfectly charming. And I probably saw it one more time on cable or something. And so it's a movie I like. It's not one I've seen a lot of times, but getting to revisit this, uh, the second inning, I was like, oh, there's a lot of, a lot of great A talent in this, in this, uh, in this picture. Yeah. yeah. This, this role was written for John Lovitz, and it really shows because he is perfection in it. <laughs> You mean Edna Poodadidoo. He's great at doing that old-timey dialogue, too. That, yeah. uh, you know, oh, hey, say, yes. fellas, that kind of uh, <laughs> affected speaking. Yeah. I know uh, in the commentary, Penny Marshall mentioned she was sad to lose. He apparently was going to tell a whole story about getting Babe Ruth hot dogs and all sorts of stuff. And it oh, went on. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect goodbye for his character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, play well. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> Again, in child tyranny learning dirty things from John Lovitz, give the wife a little pickle tickle, <laughs> needs to be a phrase that just enters the general lexicon. Yeah. <laughs> Which so- watching that as yeah younger, it's like that totally just goes over my head. Much oh, like yeah. in uh, watching much of Bill and Ted, <laughs> watching it as an adult, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> There's a lot of innuendos I did not catch. Yeah, and it's, it sounds funny, so you don't really think about it. And then as an adult, you're like, yeah, pickle tickle, that sounds funny. <laughs> just, I don't even know that I can say that because <laughs> and it, anyway. Well, that's what's good about it is that it just it's a funny rhyme. So even little kids just think it's a funny rhyme. But you know, oh, yeah. slightly older kids, you know, get it. And there you go. So uh, everyone <laughs>, laughs on different levels. And then older people, of course, tisk tisk and, uh, you know, say so they didn't really call it that back then. i remember (laughs) and that wasn't it i think the john lovitz character is used the right amount for this movie and while i am sad to see his back it's it's a good goodbye it is and uh before we meet more new people i have to give yet another shout out to megan kavanaugh who is quickly becoming one of my favorite people on earth not that i didn't (laughs) like her before but my goodness because she is on the commentary and I did not yes. realize until listening to that that she is from Chicago. Yeah, because I remember on the commentary, she said her face when they walk out onto Wrigley Field. She's like, that was my genuine reaction of walking out onto Wrigley Field. She's like, I, I think at one time, she's like, I threw myself, I just threw myself into the Ivy. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, because you're on Wrigley Field. It's like, come on. And you can. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah, this is quote-unquote Harvey Field. It's Wrigley Field. They didn't even try and pretend it's like they didn't dress it differently. The one thing was that they did have to re-mow the grass. And I did not think about this, but now I'm a huge baseball fan and it makes perfect sense. Outfields are mowed, so it makes a crisscross design. And that is not what they did in the 40s. So they literally Mm. brought in the grounds crew, mowed the grass so that it was just regular grass as we see it, and then had to re-mow it correctly before the Cubs got back to town. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, so they must have done some kind of, because Wrigley Field doesn't look exactly like that. I mean, not now, but even in 1992, it didn't look like that. So I'm assuming they must have, it's probably pre-CGI though, right? So how do you think they got rid of all like the modern stuff in the background? 
Oh, you know, yeah. like uh, matte painting or, or... Yeah, well, I was definitely thinking, because you see buildings outside. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's not Chicago in 1992. <laughs> so I'm assuming those are just matted out since it's yeah, just probably. skyline. Yeah. And then I wonder if they kind of selectively shot <laughs> to, yeah. as much as they could. Yeah, probably. But yeah, this is... We're, we're going to meet a couple new characters, and they're going to say there are over 100 girls here. In May 1943, there were tryouts in Chicago, and there were 280 women attending those. Hmm. Yeah. That's like 500 if you adjusted for inflation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it did get down to 64, so. All right, let's talk New York accents. <laughs> <laughs> Which I had read that Doris's part was supposed to be a lot smaller, but she was, um, Rosie O'Donnell was one of the few people who could actually understand Penny Marshall with her Bronx accent. So <laughs> that gave her role kind of a boost. Oh, well, I originally had that Doris was not Doris. Oh, she so- was... Yeah. In in the original, how this came about was that Rosie O'Donnell read for the part of Marla Hooch. Yes. Lost it to Megan Kavanaugh, and they said, no, but we got, no, we want her too. And yeah. so originally, May just had a friend who was very like her. Hot, yeah. full of herself, <laughs> you know, equal. And they rewrote the role for Rosie O'Donnell to keep her in the movie, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it was a smart choice. Yeah. They're rocking their Staten Island and Peekskill jerseys. And I'm just going to bask because I love their friendship. I love the way they fight. That feels very real for friends that you have known for many, many years. Oh, yeah. Especially when she talks about being, you know, when she shows her the trick and she drops the bat. She's, or she talks about how she was in the hospital. Yeah. When she dropped the bat on her head and May's like, your head oh, you're behind because that behind looks really is that swollen. swollen. But what I love, what I love about that is that when, um, when she starts fighting, Mamie is like, I'm sorry, I'm nervous. Like, yeah, I know. That, <laughs> honestly, I am a writer, and I think everything I've ever written has had that character who like just becomes a complete <laughs> jerk when they're nervous out of like, I'm just gonna say completely the wrong thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and hurt the people who care about me because that's what you do. <laughs> I want to point out that I grew up in um, Yorktown Heights, New York, um, which is a suburb of New York City and uh, right next door to Peekskill, New York. So well, oh, nice. wow. Peekskill is like, oh, a familiar face. Good old Peekskill. Aw. So how's Madonna doing? I think she does pretty good. She's a bit <laughs> Brooklyn-y, but maybe she, maybe she got the shirt from someone else. She could originally be from Brooklyn, you know, yeah. like yeah. that That could be. That's just where she ended up playing ball. Yeah. I just love, uh, I felt really bad because I started to look up. Madonna actually replaced a actress who was originally going to play the role of May. Yeah. Basically, she was picked because the role called for a dancer. Dancing, yeah. And the actress she replaced was Lindsay Frost, who Penny Marshall is very like, I lost her. It was going to be great. But Madonna came in and did a great job. And uh, I looked up, she said, I lost Lindsay uh, to a TV show. Yeah. So I looked it up. What she lost, what the original May chose, did instead was Nightmare Cafe, oh, which boy. aired six episodes and never came back after the writer's strike. Mm. Oh, man. I mean, she's had a perfectly fine career, but you do kind of wonder if she just looks at this movie and like, are you serious? <laughs> One of those, uh, she's like the Pete Best of, of uh, <laughs> League of Their Own. Just missed it. But I, I was listening because Penny Marshall was saying she thinks this is Madonna's best acting role. And yeah. I 
might argue with that. I love May. I think she does great as May. I don't know that this is Madonna's best acting ever. I can't what say is? I've seen her in, would it be Avita? I've not seen She's her in, in anything Evita. else, honestly. Uh, what's the movie with Into the Groove? Desperately Seeking Susan. Mm-hmm. Oh. She plays a very weird character, but she plays it well. Pop it up, Breach. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one either. Dick Tracy. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh, she wasn't Dick Tracy. I completely forgot about Dick Tracy. <laughs> Obviously, that I wasn't her best that role. Movie. <laughs> no, They're saying like she was very dedicated, or you know, she she worked really hard on the movie because she found out like you know playing baseball was difficult for her. She didn't catch on quite as quick. But they were saying that she would you know. She'd run like eight miles before they'd work. And then, you know, she'd stay after and want people to stay after to work on like dancing and such. Yeah. I waffle because being a fan of the Kit Keller character, I really hated that it was Madonna up there instead of Lori Petty on all the promotional material. Yeah. Yeah. That's really weird to see. (laughs) It always rubbed me the wrong way. Knowing that she really threw herself into the role does help. And I do think May is a great, May is definitely another character who you appreciate more as you get older. Yeah. So the 280 girls that showed up were a week trying out. They stayed at, this is according to Jody Kamenchek, who obviously made the league, the Belmont Hotel, a few blocks from the ballpark. And everyone stayed at the same hotel, drilled all day. And then she said players started getting cut basically starting that first day. That's easy to believe. Uh, And she said, uh, tell her in the evening she was afraid to answer the phone for fear she'd be told she'd been eliminated. And uh, oh, I will save that for after everyone does their tryouts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Does anyone have anything to say about the throw before tryouts begin in earnest? Love that. That is one of like my, my favorite moments in this movie, I think, is that throw and that bare hand catch. Oh, it sounds that so sounds, wicked. Sounds like a whip <laughs> when she catches it, but yeah. That's... yeah. At this point, if I was one of them, I'd be like, she must be uh, like a superhero and this is her secret <laughs> identity. Like that's I know. <laughs> Because she doesn't like toss her the ball like, you know, like a little lob. She like pitches it at her. Yeah. Good for you, Gina Davis. She's probably just trying to like hurt her hand before be like, hey, let's sabotage her and break her hand before tryouts. Yeah. (laughs) And she did do it. I'm sure the sound is added for (laughs) effect, but she actually did catch it barehanded. And even if if Rosie O'Donnell isn't throwing it as hard as it looks, that's still, it's going to sting a little. Oh, definitely. Oh. Yeah. That's got to hurt. Well, one of my favorites is, geez, let's go practice. I know. (laughs) She must have very calloused hands, too, because she was like an archer in real life, right? So she probably has like a very toughened uh, hand from pulling that bow. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the comment right before that when, you know, like you were saying, like they talk about how many girls are trying out and how many will actually make the teams. And they're like, what are you, a genius or something? Like when she's like 64. (laughs) Well, we're going to see that the state of American education maybe isn't yeah. quite up to par and at this point in time. We get to one of my favorite parts of the movie. This tryout sequence yeah. is just in my heart. One thing I never noticed before doing this project, though, I knew that their parents are listening to the radio, Is there, blah, blah, blah. I did not realize that their mother is sitting there hugging a pillow. I know. <laughs> I just always assumed she was like sewing something. You know, like normal mom in 1943 listened to the radio. Oh, oh no, yeah. no, no. She is 
hugging her pillow in fear she listens to this. Oh, <laughs> she's nervous for her. <laughs> she's like, not my daughter. She's not She's not being a, mas- a masculine. This accent over this music, over the baseball, is just, oh, it's the best. <laughs> Although I do have a friend who wrote his history thesis on the actual league, and I can like hear him screaming when they show the coach basically showing the softball pitchers overhand pitching during the tryouts for the league for what was, at the time, the All-American Girls Softball League. Which was underhand at that time. Yeah. (laughs) It was a few years before they even did sidearm pitching. Mm Mm-hmm. But I did like learning from this that those are real pitching coaches from USC USC that worked with the actresses, you know, that had more roles. And then a lot of these girls are local Chicago baseball Mm. players. Which I never realized until watching this again, I may be jumping ahead a bit, that Taya Leone is in it. And once I noticed that, like every scene she was in, I'm like, hey, it's Taya Leone. (laughs) Oh, I didn't notice her. Oh, I never recognized her in these early scenes because she's so young. Oh, yeah, yeah. It isn't until later in the movie when she has a line. Yeah. And like hearing her voice, I I got it. But uh, I was a huge X-Files fan. So of course, Taylor <laughs> was someone I was going yeah, to that's... recognize for Duchovny reasons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it, I, she's in the charm school. I'm just like, what are you talking about? She looks tw- like she's she 12. Yeah. Oh, God, the noise of the wooden bat. And they're all hidden. Yeah. And they're going into the wall. And I really need the possible pandemic to be over before this airs so I can get out to Wrigley Field as planned. And Yeah. Have you been to Wrigley Field before? I have not. It's on my, it's one of the few on my, it's the last one on my stadium bucket list. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. The, the bucket list was short. Oh, it's not like you've done all I, to of them. Be fair. Okay, got it. No, no, got no, it. no, no, no. I've been to the old Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, Camden Yards, and I would very much like to go to Wrigley Field. Yeah. I and I've also too. been to other ones, but those are like the classic. Like Great you American gotta Ballpark. Go and see it. <laughs> yeah. That's not quite up there, and they got to go see it. Well, I would be happy to go to Comiskey, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Which some of these are, she said, are at Comiskey, uh, an yeah. overhead shot. And then I noticed, although I don't know when I first noticed this, that uh, they show Betty Spaghetti making an awesome catch. Mm-hmm. And then you realize it's the wooden fence behind her. Yeah. From the Rockford Peaches Stadium. It's like, oh, that's definitely. And even the grass looks not quite up to the same standard. <laughs> so so they, just kind of, they just kind of faked it. Yeah. yeah. But I think they did a good job. I mean, obviously, it worked on me as a kid. I distinctly remember in the line where like young girls plucked from their families and turning to my friend Nikki and being like, man, I want to be plucked. <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean it in a John Lovitz way. <laughs> but like the idea of getting to go and like do like just play baseball for days. And it's so cute because when you listen to the commentary, it's the girl who plays Betty Spaghetti, whose name I will learn by the end of this podcast. Tracy Megan Reiner. Kavanaugh, Lori Petty, and Penny Marshall. And like the players are so excited talking about this. Like yeah. they're almost like breathless and they start talking over each other. They're so excited and like wrapped up in it. It's really sweet. Nice. Yeah, and then they all screamed when uh, I think that's playing third base. There's a player who makes a who makes a throw, and then she kind of like she's got her one leg folded underneath her, the other one out in front. And she kind of like sits back on that. Oh. That is Janet Jones, Wayne Gretzky's wife. Okay, hmm. 
And they all got super excited when she came on screen. <laughs> I heard him say Wayne Gretzky in the commentary, but I was like, wait, no, he's not in this movie. <laughs> so that, that explains it. I got it. <laughs> really confused too, because at one point they refer to her as, like they say Wayne Gretzky was there. And I'm just like, wait, wrong sport. What is going I know. on? Wait a second. <laughs> but yeah, his wife is an actress and was one of the- There's no hockey players in baseball. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky lost the part to Jay Leone. Never went on to anything. Head canon. When we said it on a Movies by Minutes podcast, so it's obviously canon. it's canon now. Mm-hmm. I had a question during the tryouts. So that one scene where Madonna slides headfirst into, mm-hmm. was that a thing? I mean, I guess I'm trying to think if, if you're going by basic softball rules, at least to begin with, would you have slid headfirst or would you, is it always like feet first? Uh, would you even slide in softball? I don't think you slide in softball. I but didn't think The so. league had sliding from the beginning. Okay. Or they had stealing bases from the beginning, yeah. which I feel like implies that sliding is going to happen. Yeah, that would almost have to. I guess technically the two aren't mutually <laughs> exclusive, but or whatever the opposite. Like, I, I guess you don't have to have one without the other, but I assume if you're stealing bases, people are going to be sliding. Ugh, I could never slide when I played softball. Ugh, I was too afraid. <laughs> I never learned how to do it, and so it's Me neither. very awkward. And I wanted to because of this. Like, <laughs> but I always literally, I remember being taught, or someone who knew how to slide trying to tell me, she's like, you just make your legs like a four and drop to the ground. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like it's going to work. Yeah, you may- I don't have time for math. <laughs> Yeah, because one leg is straight and then the other one is bent, so Ooh, it looks like a four. That's dangerous. But yeah. <laughs> I'd hurt myself. Head first always seemed more dangerous, but also much yeah. more intuitive. <laughs> like, I'm just going to flop. I'm just going to belly flop. <laughs> I'm just going to belly Hope flop and let best. momentum take me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell from the voices who said it, but when they showed that and the fact that Madonna did that slide, someone made the joke, well, she's got the padding on her front. <laughs> yes. And then they're like, oh, she's only five foot. And I'm like, what? I'm the same. I'm, I'm Madonna's height. Actually, I'm slightly shorter, but... Start working on your dance moves. Oh my you goodness. Could, you could you never know when in, she'll need a stand in. Get into the groove. <laughs> get my cones on. Lori Petty was talking about how excited she was to be able to say that she pitched on the mound at Wrigley oh Field. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I think all of them were like my dad was so excited. Like, this is the most excited my dad has ever been for my acting career was that he got to come and hang out and watch me play at Wrigley Field. Yeah. But yeah, then we get one of my favorite lines. I'm a peach. <laughs> you don't get to use it that often in everyday life. You know, I know, yeah. Alex, your show has a lot of catchphrases that have entered just common every day. Mm-hmm. That's just something you say. It's very hard to work. I'm a peach. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to think of contexts where you'd be able to say it. Everyone knew like what you what you intended. I know. <laughs> yeah, great lady. All right. <laughs> Although I will say one of the best things ever was my now grandmother-in-law. Apparently when she met me and it, it was the first time I met her and we were fine and, you know, hung out, had Thanksgiving dinner. And then I helped take her back to where she was, the assisted living facility where she was living. And apparently she told my now mother-in-law that I was a peach. And I was like, Aww. I'm a peach. Aww. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't come up often when it does it's the perfect one to say (laughs) two things i noticed in this going to the boards and finding your name thing a Mm -hmm. 
So Dottie didn't even go look. No, she didn't. She was too scared. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. And Kid didn't tell her, like, hey, you're a peach, too. <laughs> yeah, but that feels like it's in character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then another thing I love that is super in character is I adore Doris being like, this is my friend May. She made the team. Talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> Doris also made the team, but it's so... That is exactly their relationship. <laughs> She's like her wingman. Yeah. For life. <laughs> yeah. Which in the commentary, I know Megan had said, you know, she's like, you know, I always try and look and see if my name's on there. So I was watching the minute today before and I'm like, I'm going to try and see. And I think because I was, it's very hard to in sequence watch it and read. So I'm like, oh, I, th and I think I found it on the list. And it's very hard to tell too because, you know, it's actual, you know, oh my gosh, cursive writing. <laughs> I know in one of the scenes with Shirley Baker. Yeah. Marla is, I want to say, third, third from, from the top. Yeah, yeah, that's what I but thought, too. But it's really hard to, I didn't see it in the other scene. Like, yeah, although, why would they have two lists? Yeah. No production assistant wants to make <laughs> two of those. <laughs> I, well, you know what it drives me crazy about the lists? They're not in alphabetical order. No. no, you have to, lift, you have to read through the entire list if you want to find, you know, your name. It's yeah. terrible. They are not in alphabetical order, and I don't think they're in like position Any. order or anything. Like at least that would make some sort of sense. But they're, as far as I can tell, it is random, random. and that is <laughs> awful. Yeah, maybe they didn't invent. Uh, maybe alphabet alphabetization was not invented was until not like invented. the fifties. <laughs> The greatest generation is chaos. so mad at us right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't listen. They don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> the actual uh, quote allocation day was not this beautiful or dramatic. I do love. I think it's Helen. You hear saying, "If we could just form two or three orderly yeah. lines." <laughs> yeah, I caught that on my rewatch. There's I was like, "Oh." One. <laughs> but the actual day, according again to my biographies for young readers on Dottie Kamenchek is on a rainy Chicago morning at the end of the week, the remaining girls gathered around a chalkboard in the hotel lobby. They called it allocation day. Uh, stood in the crowd eager to find her name on one of the lists. So there were only the four lists, but that's okay. On a chalkboard, wow. On a chalkboard in the hotel lobby. So you just walk by hotel. and be like, nope. That would be, that would be really bad. I also <laughs> love that it's like a rainy, like you just picture the grayest morning that's ever happened in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> One of those May days that's not actually warm. Yeah. It's like after it's already been warm, but then it got cold again. So it's like extra yes. disappointing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Actually, um, he lives by Chicago. Uh, Tom Taylor, who hosts the Indiana Jones Minute, once in June will post a like, God damn it, I'm wearing a sweater again or something, something like that. We're like, <laughs> there's always at least one day in June that is like the disappointment of Chicago yeah. where it gets really cold again. All I can think of is In the Ghetto by Elvis Presley on a cold and gray Chicago morning. Well, I hope this wasn't uh, in the ghetto copying Elvis Presley. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think, think my so. uh, writer would do that to me. We're all copying Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> So, has anyone ever generated instant love quite like Shirley Baker? Hmm. She's the one who can't read. Yeah. For people who have only seen this movie a few times. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would think, but I, I, I feel like um, by now she should have figured out some scheme for being able to, like, how did she get this far into the process and not, like, have to yeah. sign her name or fill out papers yeah. or anything? 
Or how to know how to get there, you know, like her even, name. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been the but I, most people I know, even if they can't read, could recognize their name by this point in their yeah. life. This is dramatic uh, license, I think. Or she's a con artist. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's so, she's crying. And Cusack can't cry. Yeah. Mm. Which I never realized. I mean, when you see her sometimes, you're like, okay, I see the Cusack profile <laughs> in there. See, all right. If we named our episodes like that, it would be like, I see the Cusack. <laughs> <I> see. <laughs> so she is part of Oh, the- my God. I can make it a Star Wars quote. I see the Cusack in you. I see that. <laughs> I can feel it. I do kind of feel for her, though, because I, you know, there's certain times if you're really just out of your element anywhere and you're frantic, you know, you're trying to look like you know what you're doing, but you are panicking and you don't know. It's like, I, I totally understand that feeling that she's trying to convey. Like, you know, I'm trying to find my name and look like I know how to read, but I, mm. I don't. It just, oh, that, like you said, it makes her even more endearing. So she is a part of the the, Q, the, the Cusack acting dynasty. Yes. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you don't realize it. You think like, oh, yeah, John Cusack, he's done a bunch of movies. Oh, yeah. And his sister acts, too. And yeah. then it's just like. Sister act, too? He's going to be oh. on our podcast. <laughs> Uh, now, I'm, now I'm just going to spend the rest of the evening thinking about where John Cusack could be worked into Sister Act 2, and we do not have time. We have <laughs> to move on. <laughs> we have to let me have an existential crisis where I wonder what on earth I like internalize from this movie that he's absolutely right. Right now, there are 38 girls getting train tickets home who will play in a bathing suit if I ask them to. <laughs> it's like, oh... Hi, I guess capitalism? Is that even capitalism's fault? Society's fault? I, I don't know, but it's absolutely true. Like <laughs> this movie has many good lessons and then a few that I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have like accepted that as a truth. <laughs> well, I think it's wait, what do you mean? You do you think that's elaborate what you mean by that? I think it's crummy that 64 women are being told, well, you're going to wear this skimpy outfit and deal with it because if you won't, I'll just go hire a bunch of scabs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, what are they supposed to do? I don't think you're supposed to feel like- There are 38 other girls. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I've watched too many like- you know what it is? I watched season two of The Crown recently, <laughs> and I'm just thinking about all of the unions, and that's probably what did me in. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Don't don't play in a bathing suit. <laughs> well, just goes to show you what, said no. all the junk they had to put up with. You know, just because it makes their triumph all the better that they're, you know, had to put up with all this nonsense. And actually, that's a really good segue to the next scene. One of my favorite scenes, gracefully and grandly. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to admit on this podcast, and grandly. as someone who related more to Marla Hooch Me than uh, any of the other girls, I always kind of wished I would get sent to charm school and taught how to do all this stuff. <laughs> there was always a little part of it's like, it must be nice to just know what to do in situations. Yeah. My wife went to charm school. Really? Really? Well, oh, it was wow. like um, she grew up in uh, Indiana in the 70s. And I guess the Montgomery Ward, she has, does anyone remember? Is Montgomery Ward still a thing? Uh, I don't know if it's still I a thing, know. but I know what you're talking Me about. Too. Montgomery Ward was a chain of department stores. Department stores were almost like Amazon, but physical. Hmm. <laughs> they had a little bit of everything. Um, and so Montgomery Ward had a partner company called Wendy Ward, which was oh, like wow. a like a affordable charm school for girls. Like you basically like like an after school kind of thing where you'd go in and you'd walk around the 
book on your head and all that stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's not not nearly as as comprehensive as this one, but uh, at least at least as as recently as the seventies, there were charm wow. schools going around. I just I remember like balancing the book on my head and trying to walk around. Like, yeah, trying I to tried copy that out definitely. <laughs> Of course, I also tried to copy the bat flip from Doris. So, I mean, I it, it was both sides. Did you things. hit your head and end up in the hospital for? <laughs> or did you I hit your end behind? up in the hospital for two months. I that still, I have a lot of questions about that injury. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really something that the league did the first few years. They did eventually discontinue it. I yeah. want to say it was the first two or three years, and it was a charm school that they would attend in the evenings after spring training. Yeah, and that's so they would crazy. wake up in the morning. They would go for spring training all day, and then they would get changed and go to charm school in the evening. Man, and it really puts Doris shoving all the rolls into her mouth I in perspective that. because <laughs> that would be me. And I love how real Kit is when she's like, "Stop that." <laughs> It's like you're embarrassing me. I love that. <laughs> I loved learning that Lori Petty actually really had the giggles. Yeah, the entire time they were filming yeah, all this stuff because her giggle later is genuine. <laughs> yeah, and there actually was a cut. Uh, I I don't know if it was ever filmed, but um, Penny Marshall had um, said that there was actually supposed to be a swim scene. Oh God! <laughs> at part of the charm school as well, but that I don't know if that ever made it past the idea stage, which I would. <laughs> It would have been, I could imagine, you know, a synchronated swimming, that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one thing that I do like, so there are obviously mixed reviews on actual charm school and they discontinued it, which kind of tells you what they were thinking. (laughs) But some, a lot of players were like, this is ridiculous. And there are (laughs) stories of people like figuring out how to skip charm school and not get caught. But some people said, you know, I was 17. I didn't know what I was doing. Go to class at, what do I care? I mean, a lot of them seem to just be, I don't care. And then one thing that was only addressed like one year and actually Dottie Kamenchek commented on it later in her career saying, I wish they had done more of this was, I think in the second year, part of charm school was learning how to deal with media, how to deal with the fact that you are going to be a public figure, that strangers are going to walk up to you on the sidewalk and start talking to you about your life. And like, what do you do, random girl from random town? (laughs) And that I think was a good part of this that actually like, it wasn't all walking around with a book on your Mm -hmm. head. (laughs) Like, there was a practical side to this that actually could have been very helpful for a lot of the players. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, I mean, you don't, no one knows really how to deal with that until it happens to them. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I just randomly chose the scene and you actually know someone who went to charm school. I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm just in shock. Funny things happen. And then I have, I swear, I'm not just trying to bring up deleted scenes left and right, but... Then we have a deleted scene between Charm School and our introduction to Jimmy Dugan. Yeah, and it it's weird. it just kills me that we lost this. Is it the Pewee one? Yes. <laughs> so, Alex, oh, beautiful thing about the DVD is that it has the deleted scenes that were filmed on there. Mm-hmm. And integrated back into the movie? Uh no. No. Uh. But they are they're in chronological order and they're introduced by Penny Marshall. But basically, the mansion where this scene is filmed with Gary Marshall and uh, 
Tom Hanks. I was just looking at my notes and I'm like, Jimmy Fox. Wait, that can't be right. <laughs> um, <laughs> between Tom Hanks and Carrie Marshall, there actually is a hidden room in the library that they're walking out of at the beginning of the scene. Wow. Like a full. And when you open it up, that hidden room was a bar, a bar, like a full speakeasy bar, just randomly hidden behind a panel in this room. Wow. And so the deleted scene is you open it up and there's a bartender and they're like wiping glasses <laughs> named Pee Wee. Like, can I get you something, sir? And then Tom Hanks has some amazing physical acting where he clearly wants to say yes, but mm-hmm. makes himself say no. Yeah. It's a little over the top, but I think it does well. And then Carrie Marshall just closes the door again on the pit. So it looks like just a flat wall and starts walking outside. And the last thing you hear is Tom Hanks going, can he breathe, he breathe in, in there? <laughs> Carrie Marshall's like, I guess so. <laughs> and he's like, bye. And then that Pee guy's oh, like, yeah, bye, bye, Mr. Dugan. <laughs> Yeah, losing Pee-wee. I, justice for Pee-wee. Man, that was amazing. <laughs> but hearing by Mr. Dugan from behind a wall was just amazing. I just want to know, like, how he reports in and out of work. If he can, you know, does he have to stay I, in the wall the whole time? Does he? There were so many opportunities. <laughs> and it's not long. No, And it doesn't no. ruin anyone's characterization. I really think they could have kept that in. Yeah. And now, every time I see... Jimmy, like, walk out into the sunshine. I'm like, well, this feels abrupt. I don't know that yeah. I like this. <laughs> it would have flowed pretty well with the rest of the movie. I will give it, though, this Jimmy Dugan scene is very good at giving us, like, the perfect amount of exposition. By the end of the scene, you exactly understand where everyone stands. Mm-hmm. And you've gotten a couple cool little, like, tidbits, but, but like, you still have to kind of imagine the story. Yeah. I'm thinking of him talking about selling off the team's equipment (laughs) as a manager in San Antonio and then starting a fire as a player. (laughs) And you just, there's a few little things where it's like, okay, you know, no one stood there and gave you their life story, but you know where they stand. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, a little glimpse. Which I know Tom Hanks thought he was too young to play the role of Jimmy (laughs) Dugan, but Penny Marshall was... Just like, no, you're you're kind of, you know, pretty much you're a kind of washed up has been, you know, you injured your knee and then, you know, you got into drinking. So, yeah, but you have to tell them what Penny Marshall's advice was to Tom Hanks to help him feel more part of the role to eat, eat like the was it eat like the wind, eat like the wind. Okay, because I had to listen to it a couple of times. I'm like, okay. That's what oh. I thought she said. Eat like the I wind. immediately paused that and knew I was writing that down. Eat. <laughs> Eat like the wind. And she even says it super dramatically. Yeah, she does. But yeah, that she was pointing queen. out like, you are young. You, you compare him to the other coach we've seen so far. Yeah. The racing coach at tryouts. He is much younger. He is injured. And uh, I really love this interaction, especially at the end when he like reels off his stats and he's like, I know that's why I'm giving you mm-hmm. this job. Like, I'm not giving up on you. This is the best I got. And I just like that he goes through that whole meeting with the little piece of tissue right on his chin there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a good look. Have you guys already talked about Gary Marshall? Not really a whole lot. No. Go for it. Uh, I like Gary Marshall. <laughs> I like Gary Marshall That's too. Very concise. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely you know not like he has a broad range, but he uh, he's he's good at what he does. Yeah. I guess uh, Lost in America is probably the movie I know him from the most, other than this one. Have you guys seen that one? 
I'm going to say I, I have not because so. I feel like I would remember if I'd actually seen it. Yeah, he plays the casino manager and Albert Brooks is trying to convince him to give all the money they lost back. And he's the casino oh, manager. Right. Like, you want me to give them money back? <laughs> you know, so it's very funny. My thing that always sticks, it's not as good as this role. Well, it's very much in this vein, but not as well done. He plays the newspaper, the editor, the owner, whatever it is in Never Been Kissed, uh-huh. which oh, a movie that. I love, <laughs> not in the same League is a league of their own. I'm not saying that. But at one point, this character has a cane and he's super abrupt and he's always yelling. And at one point, he slams his cane on the table. He goes, the meeting just ended. And (laughs) that is another one that you will think in your head many times in life once you see it. (laughs) It's like, I need a cane. The meeting just ended. (laughs) So Jimmy Dugan is one of my dad's heroes. Hmm. My dad is also a person whose favorite movie is the original Arthur. (laughs) <laughs> so he enjoys a, a redeemed drunk mm-hmm. basically with good one-liners and when tom hanks says no i just can't afford it for why he's giving up drinking yeah. i think that the love fest began between them <laughs> when i like um you know gary marshall's reaction to that too you know how he's like you think that's funny or you think that's a joke it's not you know it's not really yeah again just like love it's Gary Marshall takes up the perfect amount of space in this Mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. Too much Gary Marshall, that character is not fun. But here, and I like that he has that serious side. Mm -hmm. My favorite is like, if your knees are up to it, go ahead. I uh, I looked up uh, organ grinders, and um, <laughs> did you know that in Denmark it is the anniversary? It is the tradition to hire an organ grinder to play outside your window on your twenty fifth wedding anniversary. Huh. So that's so Denmark is one of the few what? countries where organ grinders wow. can still manage to eke out a uh, professional uh, existence. <laughs> so uh, uh, in nineteen thirty five, they were banned from New York City because it oh, was considered wow. basically like being a vagrant. Having a, an organ grinder with a monkey. So but what uh, about all the people with twenty fifth wedding anniversary? anniversary? Let's see. Yeah, in, in Denmark, they're they're a protected species, but uh, <laughs> they're a protected class in Denmark, but not Put that not down here on my in America. For wedding so, uh, anniversary, I know. Yeah, making plans now. Like it's not the silver; it's the organ grinding anniversary. <laughs> Take that. Uh, sorry, I am now on baseball reference. I knew I shouldn't have had my phone next to me while we were recording. Talking about... I am looking at baseballreference.com, a beautiful resource, because Jimmy Dugan is pretty blatantly Jimmy Fox. Yes. Who actually did coach and drank too much and was not asked back to coach more. Yeah. Don't worry, folks. Jimmy Dugan has a slightly better arc than that. But in real life, pretty much stayed that guy. (laughs) Which I had that he also, he was a mix of Jimmy Fox and also Lewis Hack Wilson. He was kind of a mixture of those two. But they both kind of had the same arc. Like they were great. And then they had their really bad, their hard times. And they both kind of fell to the drink. But they were pretty, I mean, when they were hot, they were hot, you know. I think uh, Hack Wilson, he had held the record for the most National League home runs with 56 until we all know that summer of 1998, the summer of Sosa and Maguire, when that record got beat. But at least Hack Wilson did it without performance enhancing drugs. Just gonna go wrap myself in my Sosa <laughs> jersey and it's fine. I remember that though. It was very like Maguire or Sosa. And you know, it was like, 
one or the other. That's so right around the time all that was happening, my dad's company was opening the Chicago office. So he was constantly going back and forth. And that's why I ended up with a Sosa t-shirt. No actual reason. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I was trying to figure out when... uh, Dugan is talking about, you know, I hit 400 and whatever it is home runs for 487 home runs for your club. Mm-hmm. So that means Jimmy Dugan was a cub, right? Um, well, we'll say, yeah. Like in the movie equivalencies, I mean, Harvey is Wrigley, so. Yeah, that's true. Well, in that, that movie's version of the Cubs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And then just one thing to keep an eye out for, uh, for real life counterparts. Again, everyone is smushed. Stories come from everywhere. But uh, Charlie Collins, that racing coach who introduced himself and officially welcomed them all into the league. Mm -hmm. I think the closest correlation kind of based on is William Allington who was a legendary coach. He coached all the years of the league. And then after it folded, he did the touring teams the next year with former players and was just known as being like, on the one hand, a real hard ass. Like he worked them really hard and he wasn't like fun hanging out with any players, but (laughs) also was just an amazing coach. And like everyone who played for him is like, I learned more from this guy than anyone else. That's cool. And the age is a little bit more right, like, and the career matches more. So I think the racing coach is based on him, okay. at least a little sense. bit. That is my real world baseball for the day. Thank you for the update. Yeah, I, I know you were, I knew you were waiting, so <laughs> I didn't want to. But uh, I can't just let you go without, you know, you said movies, fine, good. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about that we just kind of blipped right over? In this section, let me look through my notes. Or that's in other parts of the movie that came to mind when you were watching it. Uh, I felt sympathy for, um, what's her name? Melanie Cavanaugh? Uh, Megan Cavanaugh. Megan Cavanaugh. Sorry, I couldn't read my own hand uh, writing. Uh, there's <laughs> that scene where they're trying, you know, they're trying to, they're going to charm school and they pretty them up and everything. Oh, and yeah. uh, and then she's kind of like the wah, 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 like, yeah. you know, and uh, I always feel whenever I see scenes like that, I just get distracted feeling, feeling bad for the actors who were like, hey, we'll get you to play the ugly one. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it just must be, you really have to build up a, uh, you have a, a, both a strong and weak ego to be, be an actor, I guess. If it's any consolation, our listeners know this already, but apparently in the earlier scene when she's being scouted and John Lovitz like visibly reacts in horror to her face for the first time, Mm -hmm. John Lovitz between takes was like, you're really very pretty. I swear it's just the part. And (laughs) her response was, John, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So... That was it. And then also, uh, I didn't realize this, but I totally forgot. I won a round of Movies by Minutes trivia that we do every year to raise money for the Cystic Cystic Fibrosis Foundation because it was in Major League what song is playing in the party that he crashes at the (laughs) boyfriend's house. Mm -hmm. And no one was even close. And I won the point by saying, you know, it's the rich people music. (laughs) (laughs) And it's playing in the scene. (laughs) Fancy rich people music. It's a technical term. (laughs) So I now have a soft spot in my heart for (laughs) any time I hear that little riff. That's cool. Yeah. So we mentioned you're from Star Wars Minute. Mm -hmm. And... That's at starwarsminute.com. Only you don't 
put in all the extra A's no. when you're typing it. <laughs> yeah, just four A's. It's really hard to uh, to say normally now after so long listening to you guys. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we do like what you do, but um, but for uh, for Star Wars, you do minute by minute, which is I've been there, man. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's really fun, but it's a lot. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's not for the squeamish put it that way i do enjoy the uh the godfather minutes approach which is to still analyze it minute by minute but only release one episode a week (laughs) that's some job security right there yeah well yeah yeah, that's a that's a a different kind of uh you know that's like more like a marathon than a i don't know what the other version (laughs) would be but uh yeah it's they they all all of the different ones have their uh, pros and cons yeah and so um i guess that's all about uh, about a life to say for it for the movie for for uh league of their own we did it. Rachel, if you uh, think of anything cool to take us out, you feel free to uh, let me know because I- <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cue the organist playing take me out to the ball game and move on with my life. Oh, it's not an organ grinder, is it? You know they're not allowed. <laughs> Have a permit for that? anybody's anniversary? <laughs> Have a stretch, get some refreshments, and join us right back here for the bottom of the second, next time on A League of Their Own, one inning at a time.